Thank you, Jim. That's uh, that's one of my favorite Christmas uh, carols. Um, is Oh Holy Night. And um, I don't know if you felt it as I felt the with uh, that sense of being with God in that song and that that sense of peace, um, just a, a beautiful moment. And what I'd like to do is um, tie this right into our talk this morning. The candle of love. I thought as I began putting this together, when was the last time that I heard any uh, out in the media, right, in the last maybe year, either through other pastors, churches, or in, um, or just out and about in the, in the world on the subject of love? And I could not of any. So I decided to do a quick Google search and see if there's what's been talked about recently in the last year on the subject of love. And what I came up with were the I expected, which was God loves you. What the heck is wrong with you? Change your life. Start doing better. And that kind of thing. And I and it struck me as that's not the love of God. <laughs> on the love of God. It's a, it, it, it's, I, you know, where, where is that? And it's not a criticism that I'm making. It's an observation of, um, because I put myself in the same, in the same bucket with everyone that it's remarkable to move away from um, talking about love in a public sphere. And oftentimes because of this sense that love starts to wane inside of us and instead of what rises up being against um, there's sort of three ways that we tend to be as a people we either tend to be toward people meaning we like to lean toward them help them love them we move away from them because it's weird people are icky people are sticky people need so much so we pull away um or we or we're against them and just at them. Like people need to change, people are wrong, people need a better perspective, a different way of thinking about things. And this morning, what I want to talk about is this subject of withness, withness. Because love is love is not at or against, love is not toward an eagerness. And love is not a way. Love is with. And, uh, and this is the uh, explore this morning. It's an unusual one, because if you think, if I were to ask those of you who've read the New Testament, where are the stories of the nativity found? Most of you would say Matthew and Luke, and you would be right. <laughs> Places where you find them. But there's also this interesting passage in John, in John chapter one. And it's not on the nativity. It's not on the birth of Christ, but it is on the coming of Jesus. It is on the coming of the Christ. And in John chapter one, I want to read um, verses one uh, through 14. So John chapter one, verses one through 14. In the beginning was the word. Was with God, and the Word was 
God. In the beginning, the word, or in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. I did some work on this back in my seminary days, and I remember looking at that word, and the word in Greek meant a, a, a withness, a toward, a like a disposition that is active in leaning toward another person, but not toward in eagerness, but a toward in withness. I'm with you. And it was so moving when I read that and I did the work on that. It impacted me deeply and I didn't know quite what to do with it. But I now back on those days and remember, yeah, that's because I needed to hear that because my disposition tended to be, um, well, I have to deal with a lot of dumb people in this world and I want to fix them all. And that was my disposition. And, uh, and my wife saw that and didn't quite appreciate that attitude. <laughs> and, uh, but that was, the, that was the disposition of being at or against or away or sometimes toward in eagerness, but it was not with. Sense that I was the center of norm of what is normal and everybody else was an aberration of that center. I'm normal. Everybody else is on the outsides of, of that. And if I can get them to come back in, then they can be with me, right? That's the sense of most of us have a sense of we're the normal ones and everybody else is a little bit weird, a little bit off, you know, and those who are closest to us and most like us, they're okay, they're normal, they're cool. Any, any aberration outside of that, which is most everybody else, they're weird, they're strange, they're wrong. But withness is a different modality altogether. The word in the beginning was with God, with. Now, in case you think I might be making more of this than what that verse says, that's the entire thrust of John, <laughs> right? Until chapter 17. The prayer that Jesus prays before he is going to go home to be with God is he says, oh, that they might be one, even as you, Father, and I are one. A oneness, a withness, a togetherness. So right here at the beginning, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then if you jump to John chapter 3, verse 16, what does John 3, 16, everybody, God so loved the world that God, that he gave his only son, right? There's this, there's this love that says, I'm coming toward you and I'm coming to become like you, to be with you. Why John says that the word lived among us, tabernacled among us, became us. God became us because that's what love does. And so as we continue to read in verse 3 of John chapter 1, through him all things were made. With him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind, and the light shines in the darkness and does not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He, was, he came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light into the world 
he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Who did receive him to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be the children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling So this is the incarnation. This is the doctrine of the incarnation. God becoming flesh. God's with us. The witness of love. We have seen of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So let me talk about this idea of witness. And I'm going to talk about it in three three categories. So with us, the second one is us with God. (laughs) And the third one is us with one another. And those are inextricably linked. You cannot separate those. So God with us, let's talk about that and start with that first uh, idea. God with us implies for us to experience God with us, a receptivity on our part, the ability to receive. But the problem with the human condition is that we, we're dating all the way back, and you can look at this for those of you who've read the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament, is that we prefer holiness, the holiness of God to the love of God. We prefer the holiness of God than the love of God. We believe in separateness from God more than we believe in our togetherness with God. We believe that God cannot look on sin and therefore cannot look on us. We believe that there is a gap because God is transcendent and holy and we are not transcendent and unholy. And so we needed Jesus to come and become the mediator between an angry God and a sinful people. In the love of God, as much as we believe in the holiness or the separateness of God. We believe in our badness more than we believe in our goodness. We believe We have to chase the bad and get rid of the bad more than we have to guard and nurture and give give life to the goodness that is present within us. Let me use, and it's the metaphor of Genesis chapter one of the garden. In Genesis chapter one, God gives the human ones, Adam and Eve, these people with this symbolic garden. And it was theirs to maintain, to nurture, to guard. What if the mandate had been, find the bad that is within the garden and get rid of it? 
a different focus altogether, isn't it? Weed, make sure you weed, get rid of the weeds. That's your focus. It's sin management. And instead, God gives them the focus of no, no you will have to get that's part of the process. But the focus is to grow the trees and the goodness and the life that is within this garden that I've given to you. It's a different focus altogether. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm talking about this morning? That is so ingrained within our brains to look for what is bad, to look for what is wrong, to fix that stuff. Instead of to look at the goodness and the gift and the holiness and the wonderfulness and the beautifulness that is already present within us. And to Come on, I need an amen this morning. This is the stuff. And it, it really energizes me because this is the stuff that I see over and over again with the dozens and in, in, in over the last clients that I have met with whose focus, regardless of their background, is on what doesn't work, what's broken, what's wrong, instead of what's good. Now, please understand me. We work on that which is broken a lot. None of my clients would ever say, Joel takes it easy on me. They would say, no, he makes it really difficult. But it's in light of there's something amazing within you, and that's what we want to bring forth. And that's even harder for you than it is the brokenness, the defectiveness that's within you. Much harder. Much harder. So first, in three questions I want to ask under this idea of God with us, of that is already all around you. Second, can you receive it, emotionally receive it? Like take it in and feel the gratitude for having that. And third, can you see the goodness within yourself? Can you name it? Because if you can name it, you have begun to move forward. Secondly, is us with God. This is us leaning forward toward God. Most Christians are taught, and I'm going to say this in a slightly uh, teasing way, but to make the point, some of us are taught things to God. We are taught to confess our sins to God. We are taught to ask for things from God. Are you with me? How many for strange? <laughs> Worship, right? Say nice things to God. Confess your sins. Ask for stuff. That seems normal. To most of us, it's like, yeah, yeah, what's, what's wrong with that? Nothing. But very few of us is taught to be with God and simply to be with God. Most of us, unfortunately, have never been taught in Catholic or Protestant traditions to simply the beauty, the awesomeness, the gloriousness, the attractiveness of God. It requires us to be silent. I like words. I like to talk. Imagine yourself right now sitting on a park 
on a beautiful, sunny, 70-degree day, and God comes over to you and sits next to you, what do you want to do in that moment? Do you want to talk? Do you feel uncomfortable? Do you want to quickly say, hey, hey, listen, I'm, you know, I'm just really sorry about this, and I really want to and do you want to just like say, oh, God, you're amazing. You're so good. You're so... Do you want to uh, ask for stuff like, oh, God, now that I get you here, uh, could you do me a favor? Or could you stay and be with God in simply as two lovers who are gazing in each other's eyes? Who in that moment only want to look, experience, not to speak. Words would now get into the way of what is happening in that moment. Can we be with God? Thirdly, us with one another. So let's go back to the this holiness mindset. In the ancient world, the Old Testament world, the Hebrew uh, scripture world, the lines that were drawn in holiness were set to separate but here's the problem with that, is that if you begin down that path, you're never sure how holy enough you are. So the lines get drawn even closer. And so they're priests and they're Levites, and they are separate from the Jew, or separate from the non-Jew. But then the divisions continue, and by the time of Jesus, there are Herodians, Pharisees, Sadducees, Essenes, Zealots. And all of these are separating themselves from each other literally separated themselves physically from the other Jews. So they separated themselves from the priests and the Levites who separated themselves from the average Jew who separated themselves from the non-Jew. And the separation can even more so as individuals and families began to think of themselves as having to draw boundaries and lines around them. Again, we are the center of what is right and what is normal. And everybody is an aberration of that. And so, let me close with this, this uh, story of, a, of someone I spoke, I spoke with this week. And she comes from a, uh, a conservative Christian um, world, and she said she was worried about a family member um, who uh, would go to hell because he wasn't a Christian. And this belief separated her in her inner space and in, inside her heart, not physically, because she was always taking care of this elderly family member, doing everything she could for them. And, um, but there was this deep, like, I can't quite relax around him. I can't quite feel okay. And so what I asked her is I said, could you lay that aside for a moment? Instead, could you move toward him in witness, in love? Because I believe that if you can, then what's going to change in you is you're going to feel better. You're going to feel better about yourself and you're going to feel better about him. feel better about that relationship. And there won't be this tension and this stress that exists between the two of you. And her response in that moment, I waited because I wondered what her response would be. And her response in that moment, she said, 
I feel peace just come washing over me. And I looked at her and I said, that's the fruit of the spirit. That's what happens when we're living by the spirit is the fruit of the spirit joins us. And so this is where we move from definitions about God that separate to an experience of God, which unites. And so with that, my friend, think about this witness as we go into groups. And I'm going to post um, the question, the one question. It's a, it's a, uh, a question that sort of has three parts to it. What ways do you see room for more witness in your life? Either God with you, your ability to receive God's love, your ability to see the goodness that's within you. So that's under that category, God with you. God, the ability to simply contemplate the beauty and the goodness of God, to be still, to be silent with God. And uh, the third one is you with others. The with, not the separateness, but to actually come alongside, to incarnate other people. And boy, do we need this more than ever in our very divisive world today. It's very difficult to do. One of the most difficult things to do is to be with people um, and to see yourself as you and them, not you separate from them, not you better than them, not you worse than them, not you the center of normal, but you with them. Very difficult to do. So that's the question. In what ways do you see uh, room for more witness in your life? Friends, will you do me a favor and um, take your hands and rest them on your eyes as I speak this over you. We have eyes to see the wonders of his love. And then take your hands and cup them over your ears. May we have ears to hear his over us. And then take your hands and put them together in a posture that's open. Thank you, Cass. Just a minute, I have to finish this. May we have hands that remain open to receive, not closed or clenched in a posture of self-sufficiency. And then finally, put your hands on your heart. May we have hearts Prepare him room and welcome the presence of this God, Emmanuel, who loves to be with us, even in the middle of our mess. Amen.